I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Todd, and today I have with me Rivka. How are you today, Rivka? I'm doing well, Todd. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you. Um, mm-hmm. The last couple podcasts, Aaliyah ran, and I broke my streak of 182 straight podcasts. So, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Time to start a new one. That's right. That's right new streak coming up. So um, we've been very, very busy, which is why the streak was broken. We're moving out of our house in about a month to California, which is pretty crazy, <laughs> something I never thought I would do. Um, and then we were on a trip to Israel, which was really amazing. So um, we just got back. We're still sort of adjusting from that. Even we went with Bountiful Travel, our our church guide was named Tyler Griffin. So anyone who watches the, um, used to be called Book of Mormon Central. Now it's called Scripture Central YouTube. Come follow me channel. The, he's on there. He's, he was great. His family, his wife was there. His son was there. A father-in-law was there. It was really tremendous. Great, great experience. Um, yeah. And I got to go to the Jerusalem center for the first time and it, it's yeah. just such an amazing place. Wow. Yeah. So Loved it. Had a great time. Spiritually fulfilled, and um, and but now coming home and ready to get back into uh, all this craziness of moving. So yeah. that is that is our life update. And and so Leah's not here with us at the moment. She'll join us for the next podcast though, because she's also busy. She's going back to BYU here in another week. So we're yeah. going all sorts of ways in the in our family. So. Um, any, any crazy life updates for you, Rivka? Um, our, our oldest son, Jack graduated from high school last week and turned 18 this week. And exciting. So now 50% of our children are adult children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Entering into a new phase of, of life and parenting. And I don't recall whether, I've heard Jack's plan on the podcast or just in real life talks. So just in case it hasn't been on the podcast, what's his plan? Uh, he His mission papers should be submitted in, I think, the next week or two. And um, he'll, yeah, so waiting for a call. And then his plan when he finishes his mission is to attend BYU-Idaho. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, predictions on where he's going? Uh, I think it's really likely he'll be called to do a service mission from home, which we're Mm. pretty excited about. Um, And uh, yeah, he's got some, he's got some hopes that way. So awesome. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We had a service missionary in our ward from, you know, from our ward and he finished his mission about eight or nine months ago. And it was a great experience for him and the family. So yeah. it's a, yeah. yeah, 
incredible option. Um, so I mean, you never you know, you never know, yes. but, um, yeah, I think we're all kind of a little bit hoping that we'll have that experience. That's kind of a newer one. You know, I hope it becomes more common because there's so much good that these service missionaries are able to do. Right. Um, but yeah. So we'll keep you posted. Well, just remember that the first service missionary ended up cutting off a bunch of people's arms. So keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. Might be involved, you know, just like Ammon. So, Uh, yeah, we'll keep that in mind. (laughs) Watch out, people of southwestern Washington. (laughs) Indeed. Only if they're stealing sheep, though. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, also today we have with us Burke. How are you, Burke? I am doing quite wonderful. This is a good break from projects upon projects. We are having unseasonably warm and dry weather in the Pacific Northwest, which is great. I love it. I like the sun. It's been nice. It hasn't been too hot, but you've been able to get stuff done outside. The downside of that is I have all this stuff I haven't been doing outside for the last six months while it's been raining. And uh, yeah, I just have lists of projects. So this is nice to take a break. So I'm happy for this today. Awesome. Well, uh, soon enough, we will both live on the same side of the country and I'm going to have to just ask you to come down and do all my home projects for me because I am so untalented in that area. That's probably not a word, but you get what I mean. (laughs) And you're so good at them that I should, uh, I should definitely defer to you in all cases. I don't know if that's true, but, uh, yeah, sometimes stuff just needs to get done and you got to go do it. So, yep, that's true. Awesome. Well, we're going to do what we came here to do, and that's talk about General Conference. And the talk we're going to discuss today is Finding Personal Peace by President Henry B. Eyring, second counselor in the First Presidency. And I'm very excited to hear everyone's thoughts on this one. I thought this was a pretty interesting talk. So, Burke, let's start with you. What was the fundamental doctrine for you in this talk? All right. Since I'm talking first, I can pick whatever I want. So I'm going to go right near the beginning here where he says, the Savior knows that all of Heavenly Father's children yearn for peace, and he said that he could give it to us. And I like this because I think this is a pretty universal thing that we want. We look for it in different ways through different activities and different means, but I think most people are really looking for peace. I might even add the word, you know, satisfaction or contentment with their lives. And I like the idea that it is possible. At least we know it is possible. Yeah. Beautiful thought. I feel like, um, when I read that sentence, I thought, you know, there's so many times, well, what he didn't say was, um, absence of struggle or trial, right? He he just said that we yearn for peace and how many times that's been emphasized in the past, who knows how many years. And even in this talk later that you don't necessarily need the absence of struggle to have peace. You can, you can have the, if you're yoked to the savior, you can have that peace. So I liked that opening statement there. Thank you, Burke. Yeah. Uh, Rivka, how about you? What was your fundamental doctrine? Well, I guess if he's going to do the one at the beginning of the talk, I'll do one toward the end of the talk. <laughs> oh, great. I got to look for one in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Middle-ish end. Um, it's, it's from a paragraph where he's talking about a conversation he had with a woman he met on the trip. And um, 
he was talking to her and she was talking about how her adult daughter was struggling and he asked for the email address. Um, and he said the daughter was at that moment lost and wondering if God had any message for her. He did. It was this. And I think this message is for all of us. Here's the message. The Lord loves you. He always has. The Lord wants you to come back. Your promised blessings are still in place. And I love that because for any who are wandering or lost or for any who love those who are wandering or lost, this message is one that is filled um, with the love of God and can bring deep peace. That the promised blessings are there and he will continue to work with us and he will continue to work with those that that we love to bring them back to him and um, back to his blessings. Awesome. I love it. I, I loved that story and it reminded me of Elder Gong meeting with people by Zoom. You know, Elder Irene got this mm-hmm. person's email address and reached out to her on his own time. And, you know, that I, I, I think that one by one ministering is so important and goes on even at the highest levels of, of church leadership. So I love that story. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I actually picked one that's a few paragraphs later and it has the word optimism in it. So maybe that's. <laughs> I totally thought of you when I highlighted that. <laughs> maybe that's why I picked it. It's from President Nelson. Maybe that's why I picked it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just loved it. He said, so he's just quoting President Nelson. And he and President Nelson said, I give you my assurance that regardless of the world's condition and your personal circumstances, you can face the future with optimism and joy. And I'm not really sure. I guess I'd have to think longer about what the difference is between peace and maybe contentment, as Burke said, and optimism and joy. I don't think they're exactly the same, but maybe related. But it was sort of an interesting turn, you know, talking about peace and the the peace that comes from our, our relationship with the Savior and from our covenants. And then this a little bit more... Um, cheery, you know, version of that, that comes from president Nelson of, Hey, even if you're facing tough things, you can face them with optimism and joy. So, um, yeah, I really thought that was a great fundamental doctrine of this talk. So, uh, Burke, what do you, how, what do you find to be the difference between peace and contentment and optimism and joy? Well, for me, contentment and peace, I would say are almost identical. Because if I feel content, then I am at peace. Uh, I think optimism and joy, like you said, would have to be related. Um, I would say optimism just seems to me like a viewpoint that expands the possible things that can bring peace and contentment and joy. Without optimism, yeah, we're looking for a very narrow slice of of what could possibly bring that. But with optimism, I think many things can. I don't know. I don't really have optimism. So if (laughs) if I had some, maybe I could tell you how it relates. But (laughs) Indeed. Um, And I have irrational optimism. So maybe I'm not the right person either. Um, We need someone who chooses optimism and then gains it. Exactly. Manages to, yeah, yeah. I don't well, have to say that. I agree with you. Someone who chooses it and then succeeds in it. I would love to know how that works. <laughs> I, 
I do like that idea of expanding the possibilities. Um, Sometimes it's easy to fixate on the negative ones, right? And um, thinking about even if we don't know what those possibilities are, we know that we follow the high priest of good things to come. So, and, and that this is the gospel of no permanent bad news. So, all right, well, let's get further into the talk here. So, um, Burke, let's continue on with you. What are some other things that stood out to you from this talk? Well, I liked there was a list here. That was nice. Um, a numbered list. Yeah. Huh. There are a couple. Well, there are not a couple numbered ones, but there are a couple lists in this one. Um, I, but actually, I, I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> but okay. I did like that it was there. Just near, merely to note that it was a numbered list, which was kind of not Iring-esque. But it's interesting because right after the numbered list, he goes one through one through five. He says, some of you, perhaps many, are not feeling the peace the Lord promised. You may have prayed for personal peace and spiritual comfort, yet you may feel that the heavens are silent to your pleading for peace. And every time I've listened to this talk, that's the phrase that always came up. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, rubbing my hands, like, okay, give it to me. You know, where is it? And then he proceeds to kind of wander through the next few paragraphs. And he didn't tell me anything that I didn't probably already know. So there was a part of me was like, Ooh, here comes the big secret, you know, like that was his cliffhanger. And, <laughs> right. and, and I feel like what he wrapped around to was service is the answer. Hmm. Yeah. And can you pick out a quote that sort of encapsulates that idea that service is the answer? So right near the end, after kind of describing things, he says he is encouraging everyone to help others have opportunities to come unto him and qualify for that same peace themselves. They in turn will choose to seek inspiration to know how they can pass that gift along to others. The rising generation will become the nurturers of the generation to follow. And so there's not any one place where he says, serve others and you'll find peace for yourself. But he talks about people finding peace in um, the gospel and increasing their love for others and then spreading peace. So I only have to assume that you obtain that peace yourself by helping others get I, it. It's really strange to me that it's all wrapped up that way. But that's kind of how the gospel is. You almost can't ever do anything just for yourself. Right. Yeah. 100%. Uh, Both he and Elder Gong sort of have that wandering style a little bit. So sometimes you got to work for the answer. You know, they sort of dangle it out there and then you got to. Yeah, because it really, the talk. really wasn't until that I was marking it specifically for today's discussion because I'd listened to this for a couple of weeks and I would always get to the end of the talk and I'd be, wait, 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 where was the piece? He said there was going to be peace <laughs> and I would go back to the beginning and I'd listen to it again and I'd get to that part and I'd be excited again. And then by the time I got to the talk, I'm like, yeah, I still missed it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, how has serving others brought you personal peace? Mm, that's a good question. And, and of course you bring up the one thing that I feel like in all the gospel things that I'm probably the least good at. You can think about it. We can come back to you. No, I, I, I would have to say that if I look at the things in my life that truly bring me happiness and contentment, which I said for me, at least feel very similar to peace. Generally it's, it revolves around having good relationships with people, which are right. uh, sometimes very difficult for me. But I would have to say that the relationships in my life that are the very most fulfilling are those in which I have found the opportunities to serve others. And I okay. wouldn't have thought that would be the case, but it really is. 
Right. And I know, for example, you're doing all this work to serve your, your family and, and keep your house maintained and everything. So maybe you don't count that in the same way as like, well, I'm going on a ministering visit, you know, but, um, I think it's all part of the gospel. So, and, uh, I know our family relationships often bring peace and contentment. Absolutely. Um, I, I thought that this discussion of the rising generation was really interesting, Burke, that you pointed out. And I actually marked it as like a promise, almost like a prophecy promise uh, more than an individual promise. And I just got done reading God will prevail again, that book by Kerry Milstein that goes over the Abrahamic covenant. Yeah. And he spends so much time, or at least some of the parts that were so impactful to me of that book, we're talking about how the covenant is communal and not just individual, which is so often how I think, especially in our Western culture, we view salvation, like, you know, work out your salvation before the Lord or whatever. (laughs) Well, he's like, well, this is a, you know, you're a Zion people, not a person. And you're, he's saving Israel, not Israelites. And, um, Anyways, I thought this was really interesting how he framed it like generally, you know, as a generational issue, you know, the rising generation will serve and nurture those that follow and this will multiply and spread. So um, I don't I guess I don't really have a point other than to say that it was cool and interesting to hear him talk about it like that. So um, Rivka, we're going to go over to you and I am wondering, has there been a time in your life where you have sought for peace and haven't found it initially. And then what is it that did eventually bring it to you? Um, the, the times that I think immediately come to mind are the times when my peace has been disrupted by worry about someone I love and a struggle they're having or um, you know, pain they're feeling or comfort they might need <laughs> and, or sometimes just wondering why they need to go through something so difficult. Um, and I mean, that's happened when it's been me going through the difficulty too. So I think that worry um, is one of the things that's a big disruptor of my peace. And I have found that (laughs) when that starts happening and I start getting really like into my worry and and into my um, stress and questioning and frustrations, if that is where my focus is, I tend to stop um, being as intentional about living the gospel, not reading the scriptures as often or as intentionally. Um, my prayers get a little sassy or short. Um, and so I've, I've learned that when I start seeing that pattern happening with me, I get frustrated about calling stuff or having to go to church, which are not things that I typically feel. Um, and I, so I've learned that when I start feeling that pattern, that's probably a sign that I am, I don't, wallowing in the misery and almost kind of like setting up house there. And so I 
I try to actively start doing those things again with intent, even though it feels not always the most authentic at those times, I will get back, (laughs) I will get back to saying, you know, more open hearted prayers and turning to the scriptures and turning to the words of the prophet to seek the peace that comes through, through feeling the Holy ghost with whatever it is that the, that the spirit has to say to me. And, and as I do that, inevitably that peace comes back, even when, you know, my questions aren't answered or burdens aren't lifted in the ways that I feel like they should be, or I wish that they would be. Um, always that peace comes back to me when I turn back to the Lord and just live the gospel the way that he's asked me to try to live it. Awesome. It, this reminds me of this, your story, plus what Burke said reminds me of Stephen Lund's talk from last conference where he was like, this is how you, you know, stay true to the gospel after your mission or whatever the story was about. I can't remember mm-hmm. the details now. Yeah. And I was waiting for some, you know, awesome answer. And it was like, do the fundamentals. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Keep living the gospel. <laughs> Scriptures, prayers, church, service, you know, the temple, all those things. So, But, it, um, I, you know, it really must be true because when we are not feeling it, those are all of the first things to go. That is so true, a hundred percent. Well, and even if you look at his list of things here, he's like, so he says first, the gift of peace is given after we have faith to keep his commandments. So he's like, okay, you have faith and you keep the commandments. Second, then the Holy Ghost comes. Like, okay, third, he promises as we keep our covenants, we can feel the love of the Father, which is still kind of a variation on keeping the commandments. And then fourth, keeping the Lord's commandments requires more than obedience. We're to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul but still keep the commandments. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he numbered them different things, but I feel like he was kind of saying the same thing the whole time. And then, yeah, you, you got to stick with these with your covenanted gospel fundamentals and you have to keep doing them. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's 100%. a really powerful thought because then the fifth one is that it's clear that the Lord loves us enough to pay the price of our sins so that we can, through the effects of his atonement, have the peace the gift of peace that passes all understanding. So we really do. It's almost like he's like, just keep holding on. And, and even if it feels like you're scraping by or it's just hard and unpretty and difficult, the, the power Jesus's atoning power will heal all of that and make up for all of that. And we will eventually receive, you know, the help and the answers we're looking for. Yeah. I think Aaliyah would quote a movie and say Mm -hmm. that in Finding Nemo, Dory says, just keep swimming. Yep. (laughs) So, um, and right after that fifth one, he is the quote that Burke referenced about people not feeling peace. And as I reread that, you know, I'm just having this thought now. I didn't have it while I was reading it the first few times through. Burke, maybe he's just acknowledging and not providing a solution. Just telling people like, hey, sometimes you don't feel it. <laughs> yeah, it could be. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. And, and maybe that solution is because he already sort of gave the solution. Like, well, here's what you do. You keep the commandments. You love the Lord. He'll love you. 
And sometimes you don't feel it. And then it just goes back in a cycle, you know, the virtue cycle. Well, then yeah. you just keep the commandments and eventually you'll feel it again. Well, yeah, because then he says there is reason for optimism. It is the light of Christ is placed in every newborn child. You're like, okay, good. Yeah, we all have it. And he, but yeah, he just continues to talk about peacemakers and <laughs> people bringing well, peace to other people. And I was just like, wait, where's the answer? <laughs> I think it's interesting because I, I think maybe you're right. He's talking about there are times that the heavens are silent. Um, but then he does, he's like, the, it, even if that's the case, if the heavens are silent for a time, have optimism. I counted three places that he, or three ways that he weighs things he finds optimism in that the light of Christ is placed in every newborn child. He says our optimism for personal peace is for those, uh, peace for those children lies in the people who care for them. And then he's like, but sometimes we don't get cared for properly. And so then he says, even when that sadness occurs, my optimism rests in another gift from the Lord. And it's this, that he raises up many peacemakers among his trusted disciples. So, and then he tells that story about, um, you know, the woman he met in the email he sent that God loves you and he always has and your promised blessings are still in place. So maybe he's saying like, there is peace that's available. And if for a time, it's not feeling that way or you're doing all the things he's asking and, and the heavens seem silent. Keep holding on, you know, be optimistic that these things are true and that, and that we can trust this process that heavenly father is, is putting us through. Right. Okay, well, believe it or not, we've actually covered most of the talk here because the first third is basically quoting scripture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'd encourage you to all go read those scriptures. Um, but let's move on to invitations and promised blessings. And I already referred to one that sort of felt like a promise to me about that we've, you know, discussed at length here about the rising generation. He ends it with a promise there, you know, there will be peace on earth. So whatever the method or however it works, you know, he's giving us his, his promise. There will be peace on earth, but uh, what other promises and invitations did you see here? Burke, let's start with you. So right at the end, he says, I pray that you may find peace, help many others to find it and pass it along. So I feel like he's saying, if you really want it, you have to seek it, which is great, but you also have to really work hard to try to bring it to others. And the blessing he was actually is right before that. He says, your great faith and love are reaching people and allowing the Lord to change hearts and so gain a desire to offer others the gift of peace that passes all understanding. And I love how he just puts that interconnectedness front and center there, where if you really want peace, you're going to have to work to try to bring it to others. And somewhere in there, you gain it, but it's not by just seeking it for yourself. Right. Like love and testimony, it's something that grows bigger the more you give it away. Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Not like money, which is the opposite. Uh, all right, Rivka, how about you? Um, he says, just after he begins to bear his testimony, but this is like several paragraphs before the end. He says this sentence, the Savior's invitation to come to him is an offer of peace. Mm -hmm. And I love that reminder hmm. that the invitation that comes from the Savior to come unto him is an offering of peace because he is the Prince of Peace. 
And, and so any peace that we desire or feel will come from Jesus Christ. And so in turning to him, sometimes that peace only comes in that little moment with him where he can let you know that you're not actually alone in the thing you're struggling through uh, when it feels like you are. And the struggle may not be lifted. And you may be trying your hardest to, to be a light and bring peace to other people while you struggle. And the Savior will be with you in that. So I love that sentence. The Savior's invitation to come to him is an offer of peace. Beautiful. And it circles back to sort of keeping the commandments, right? Come unto him through through those covenants. So, yep. all right. Well, that'll wrap up this talk. Um, I I did, even though maybe there were some unanswered questions or some questions that were hard to answer, I still really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, the next talk we're going to discuss is sustaining of general authorities and the church <laughs> auditing department report. But um. <laughs> Uh, what would it be what would it be without Todd making that joke uh, come on I love it every time uh, sorry Burke what can I do well, well if we're going to be goofy at the end then I have to say at the beginning when you were describing all the stuff you'd just done how great it was I was just picturing President Hinckley talking for some reason you know kind of that and we went to the Holy Land and it was wonderful we loved it <laughs> 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 oh my word uh, so there was you that your president hinkley impression well if we give it a little time then... <laughs> as uh, a family <laughs> i love it that's fantastic yeah uh awesome <clears throat> well um so the real talk that we're going to discuss next <laughs> time is um accessing god's power through covenants by elder dale g renland in the meantime, uh, our social media, I think, has been updated better and more often now that Ali is home. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can find us on social media at uh, Words of the Prophets Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. So thanks for joining us today. And until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.